Amen. So good to see everybody this weekend. This weekend starts the gateway to fall. Any fall fans in the place today? Yeah. We got football coming up, and so uh, we're thankful for that. I saw uh, some fall commercials over the weekend, so that was encouraging. Uh, Those of you who are summer people, you're going to start a season of grieving, and so you can start that now. Our kids go back to school tomorrow, and every parent said, thank you, Jesus. Okay, so uh, just good things around the, the uh, corner. And uh, today I want to talk about a, a topic, and this, this is going to be a standalone message because next week I start a, a strong series uh, to kind of welcome the fall. But today I want to talk about a topic that really as Christians should be easy for us, but in reality is very, very difficult, and that is hearing from God. You would think in terms of faith and belief and how much time we spend thinking about our relationship with Jesus Christ, that hearing God's voice would be something that was very natural to us. But the truth is, um, it's very, very uh, difficult. We struggle with this. And if I could go around the room and sit for just a few minutes with all of you, um, sooner or later this would come up, that we want to hear from God. We want some clarity. We need to hear his voice. We need some direction. We need some wisdom. Whatever the phrase is that you want to use in your life, um, it boils down to the fact that we really struggle uh, to hear God's voice. I think there are many reasons why, and I'll hop into some of those in just a minute, but I think the primary is this. We're a physical being that expresses ourselves emotionally. We express our physical world emotionally. We feel it, We look at some things and experience our physical world, and sometimes it brings tears of pain. Sometimes it brings tears of joy. Sometimes we laugh. Sometimes we grieve. And and so we take that physical experience and express it with emotion. But our spirit man seems to be the last person that we tend to take care of. And so uh, just to give you an example of that, in our ev- everyday life, we get up, we get kids ready, we engage with spouses and friends, and we immediately start our social media thread for the, the day. And so we're going through these things, and we're thinking about work, and we're thinking about school, and we go through that process, and then we have an evening routine, and then suddenly we find ourselves at some point of our day sitting in bed, and finally it's quiet, and we think to ourselves, I did not do anything today at all that related to my relationship with Jesus Christ. And the sad thing about that is that it's possible, okay, now I'm not trying to be crass here, but it's possible that the one hour that we have right now together this morning is the only hour that some of you are going to get all week with a spiritual focus, is that it's very, very difficult for us to take a physical world that we express emotionally and kind of set that to the side and build up a spiritual man and say, I'm going to focus on the spiritual person in me and how that, that relates to God and hearing from Him to make it almost a disciplinary approach, a discipline in my life to hear from God. So I don't know if you've ever had that that feeling when you want to really get a hold of somebody, that you really want to hear from someone. Uh, there are times for me, this tends to be my wife. I want to I want to hear from her a piece of information. So this is kind of the the, the thread of how that that unwinds. I will first call her, and she's never going to answer on the first call. 
So I call her back a second time, and then I'll leave a, a voicemail. And to get her attention, I'll normally say, hey, there's something wrong with Riley. Give me a call. That's, that's our daughter. Because I know she doesn't care about me, but she'll care about the kid. So then when she doesn't call, then I'll text. Okay? And then I'll, I'll, I'll just say the word, hey. And then when I don't hear hey back, I'll text hey 50 times in a row. Hey, hey. Hey, send, hey, send, hey, send, hey, send, hey, send, hey, send. And when that doesn't work, I'll go to the Find My Phone app, and I'll locate her, and I'll, I'll ding it. I'll make the phone, ding, 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 play, play the little sound. And so finally, after several minutes of playing that, she'll call me or text me and say, Hey, stop it. I'm with people. I'm working. Knock it off. What's wrong with Riley? And I'm like, I just want to know if there's any cheese dip left over from like last night's thing. That was awesome. It was like the white cheese. You don't tell me the white cheese dip. Have we got any more of that? Le- and then it's just like a, a dial tone. It just hangs up. Because sometimes I just I want to hear from her about something. And I wonder if that type of intensity, we can relate to that spiritually, and the answer is certainly. We want to hear from God about specific things. We want to hear His voice. We want to know what's going on. We want to hear from Him with great clarity about some things. Uh, for me, that tends to be major decision points. I remember when I was about to get married, this, this was a major decision for me. And I think it's valid that we ask God, is this the person for me? Am I right for her? Is she right for, for me? What do, you, what do you see when you see us? Do you, uh, what, what do you think about us five years from now, ten, ten years from now? What do you think about us raising children? What do you think about our role together in the kingdom? These are all things that I begin to think about. Sometimes when you have a big move, you'll think about it. Lord, do you want me to separate from this community and move to that, that community? Uh, what do you have for, for me there that, that you're done working on me with here? And we make these big choices, and those are things that we want to hear from God. But it's not just about marriage and moving. A lot of times we want to hear about career path. God, what do you want me to do with my life? How do I take the things that I enjoy, the natural skill sets that I have, the passions that I have for the kingdom, and how can you drill down in that, and with laser-like focus, put me right exactly where you need to be. God, I need to, I need to hear from you. We think about this when we think about churches. God, do you want me to be a part of this family of faith? Yes or no? Is this where I belong? And then it goes another layer. God, what do you want me to do there? Well, how do you want me to, to serve and help build up people and the kingdom there? We ask God these questions. And so we, we want to know uh, you know, God, how do, I, how do I hear from you? The ironic thing in Scripture is this. There's a phrase that Jesus always said, and, and it's this. He who has an ear, let him hear. Okay? He who has an ear, let him hear. And the, 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 the funny thing is that Jesus said this six times in the Gospels and eight times in Revelation. And it seems like it's really simple, but it's not. It has a lot of implications. Because learning to hear God's voice is the solution to a thousand problems that you and I have. And we think that the problem we have is a relational problem, an emotional problem, a spiritual problem, a financial problem, a marital problem, a child-raising problem. We think that that's the problem, but it's just symptoms. The problem, the real problem, is a hearing problem. Because if we hear from God, if we know with certainty what I'm supposed to do, it makes the problem dissipate very quickly. 
And if it doesn't, it at least gives us the confidence in acting it out. What's awesome about Scripture is that we find that the Bible says in the beginning that God spoke and he spoke into nothing, and that nothing became something. He said, let there be light, and there was light. And then he spoke everything else. Let there be fish in the sea, and birds in the air, and, and, and on and on and on and on. And he, and he spoke all of these things. And so here's, here's what's, what's key about that. Is that everything we see with our eyes, he said with his voice. Our entire physical experience on this earth is a result of the voice of God. So if God can speak into nothingness and it respond, then surely He can speak into you and I and us get it, us pick it up, us hear it and understand it and be changed and directed by that powerful voice. Job Chapter 33, Job is speaking, and out of nowhere, he gives us one of the biggest nuggets ever about hearing God's voice. And I bet I've talked on on this topic 50 times. And in all 50 of those, I put Job 33 in, in there because it's just that good of a nugget of wisdom about hearing from God. This is what Job says. Verse 14, For God does speak, now one way and now another though no one perceives it. Job is saying this, God is over here speaking one way, and now he's over here speaking a completely different way, and nobody is perceiving it. So it's possible that God is talking, and he's sharing, and he's giving clarity, and we're not even seeing it. That our day is so full of the physical pressures and tensions, and stresses, and the demand for our attention is so great physically that spiritually we miss it. That God is setting us up. He's trying to open a door. He's trying to allow us to minister to someone. He's trying to change the entire trajectory of our lives. And somehow amidst all of our responsibilities, we miss Him. We don't perceive Him to be there. And just because we don't ace how to listen doesn't mean that God is not, is not speaking. Let me give you an example. In 1 Samuel chapter 3, we find Samuel as a boy. At this time of his life, he's living in, in the tabernacle. And God comes to him in the night and he speaks his name. And Samuel gets up and he thinks it's got to be the voice of the only person else who lives there, which is Eli. And so he gets up and he goes to the priest and he says, Hey, Eli, you, you called me. And he's like, Son, I, I, didn't, I didn't call you. Go back in and lay back down. So a little confused, Samuel walks off and he gets back in bed and the voice of the Lord comes back to him and speaks his name against Samuel. He thinks this is really strange because this is the second time I, I believe that Eli has called me. And he gets up and he goes back to Eli and he says, you called me. And he says, I, I didn't call you. I don't, know, I don't know what's going on. I don't know if you had some bad pizza before you got tucked in. I don't know what's, what's wrong here. But listen, I, I'm not talking to you. So whatever you think is going on, just, just sleep through it. Just go. Listen, we got a big day tomorrow. Go and settle in and, and get some rest. He goes back down a third time, Samuel. He gets up this time and he goes to Eli and this time, 
the person who was supposed to know what's happening finally wakes up to it after three shots at it. He's like, listen, Samuel, this is what I want you to do the next time that you hear this voice come to you. I want you to say, speak, because your servant is listening. So Samuel goes back, the voice of, of the Lord comes back to him, and he says it. And in that moment, God speaks to him the mysteries of an entire nation and what his role is going to be in that. And so it's, it's amazing to me that even, even the, the, in, in, in that story, metaphorically, the person who's supposed to hear from God regularly took three shots at it because it was misperceived. You're hearing things. Something else is going on. You're, you're, you're dreaming, but it's, it's not me. So finally, he understands. And the point I want to make here is this. I think there's got to be some intentionality here. That just like, like Samuel says, hey, speak, because I'm listening. There's got to be a point in our lives, an intentional point, where we stop all of the busyness and we transition from a physical world with emotional expression over to a spirit man that says, God, I need you to speak. And I'm listening. I'm listening. I'm listening to you spiritually. The solution to hearing from God, though, is very counterculture. And we can find the prescription in Psalm 46.10. This is what David says. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. You know how hard it is to be still? Some of you are struggling right now to be still. You can't be still for an hour. Right now, your mind is in five different places. You're already in line at Colton's. You're, you're checking your watch to make sure I'm not going over. Listen, i got 14 minutes and 18 seconds to wrap this sermon up. You got, you're, 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 you're thinking about Wednesday's agenda on, on your count. You're thinking about nap time. You're checking your map, your, your app to see if it's going to rain this afternoon. you got all kinds of things going on. And so you've got to be still. I don't know if you've ever tried to tell your children to be still, but it makes you feel like a failure. You're like, be still. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it or I'm going to give you bodily harm. Oh, okay, okay, that, that, that doesn't work. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. It, it just makes you feel like, like you're losing your mind. We struggle to just be still. But listening to God is going to take some intentionality. It's going to take seeking isolation and silence and turning off some voices. I had a friend one time and he was planning a church in a rural area and he, he got word on grand opening day. He caught word that, that a lot of people were going to show up, much more than they anticipated. And it scared him. And so he went and he found a closet at, at the, the church where they keep like the brooms and vacuum clean, the cleaning supplies. And he shut the door and he locked it. And he just got a chair and sat in it. And he, and he thought, Lord, I need to hear from you. I need to know because this is superseding my expectations for this grand opening of, of this church. How do you want me to pastor all of these people? And so the worship team starts the service, and he's in the cleaning closet, locked in there, and his wife gets out her phone. She's like, hey, send, hey, send, hey, send, hey. The point is, if, if we need to find a place in our lives where we intentionally steal away Shut a door, even if it's in a closet, to say, God, I need to hear from you. 
Like, I'm, what voices can we turn down in our lives so that we can turn God up? And that's going to take some work on our part. I think we're always looking for God to somehow interrupt us. But the, the, the truth is, His Word says, when you seek me, then you find me. There's your intentionality. When you make the move, when you come after me, when you set forth effort, when I see you sacrifice your time, when, when I notice that you are, are intentionally coming for me, I'm going to find you. Okay? I don't know if you guys remember Jacob's dream, the one where the ladder came down. He says something profound in Genesis chapter 28 and verse 16. He makes this statement. He says, surely God is in this place, and I wasn't aware of it. Okay, The context here is he's on the run for his life, and he's in the, what, what the Bible says is a mysterious place to him. He doesn't know what's going on. This is the same uh, story where Jacob finds a rock and lays his head down on it as a pillow, and then the Lord reveals this big thing to him. And, and so he comes to, he wakes up out of it, and he says, Surely God was here the whole time, and I didn't even know it. And I thought when I read that this week, I thought, if we can do that with his presence, to where God can be among us and us not even know it, surely we can do that with his voice where he can speak and us not even hear it. In, in, in other words, we can miss it. We can miss his voice. We can miss his speaking to us. Believe it or not, there is a study called Interruption Science. It says a lot about our culture when we even have such, such a research. And interruption science says that we are interrupted every three minutes. And I want, I, want, I want you to think about this. I want you to think about just the past 45 minutes that, that you've been here. That every three minutes there's been something happened. Maybe it's, it's a notification on, on, on your phone. Somebody calls, somebody texts, some, some reminder, some social media not, notification. Something happens that kind of grabs our attention and pulls it away just for a, a moment. And our whole day is like that over and over and over. Hey, you, hey, you, hey, you, hey, you, over here, over here, over here, over here. And it's very hard for us to stay our course and really do something. And you think about how hard that is physically? Think about how even more so we have to be intentional with our time with, with God. To come to Him and sit and stand and be still and know that, that, that He's God. And I think there's got to be some practicality to, to this. You can't just say, well, let's all just pray about it. No, we got to make a move and make some changes. And so we, we need to have some less activity on our phones. Planned silence and meditation. I, I know this. When my daughter has an activity, I move things. I go to my calendar and I shift them. And I, and I say to people, hey, I need to, I need to move you back an hour. I got this thing I need to go see my kid do. And so we, we manage our energy for it. And we go to this, this event and we cheer for our kids and we tell them what a great job that they did. And then we fall back into the, ru the routine. That's exactly what God wants from us. Managed energy, time allotted, purposeful, intentional aggression toward going toward his voice. 
So we got to have less activity on our phones, some planned silent, specific times of day that we check social media. Some of us need to delete some apps, okay? Not ESPN because that's obviously important. But you need to delete some of those apps who still and rob your attention. If there is such a thing as a biblical understatement, we find it in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1. This is what he says. God spoke to our ancestors at many times and in various ways. That God spoke to our forefathers many times and in many different ways. And let let me give you just a few examples of those. He spoke to Moses in a burning bush. This was a time in his life when he was working for his father-in-law. He was a shepherd. He was full of shame and guilt. And God had to interrupt his life, and he gave him a burning bush experience. He used an illness to speak to Hezekiah to shake him out of, of his thought process. He spoke to shepherds through angels. He used a floating hand, we talked about this last Sunday, to write upon the, the wall for Belshazzar. He convicted Peter using a rooster. He spoke to Balaam through a donkey. I tell Chuck Woodson all of the time, if God can use a donkey, he can use you, brother. Okay? If he can speak through a donkey, we're talking apples to apples here. But we do see, and I'm going to give these to you quickly because I want you to leave and ponder on these. Let me give you seven languages really quick that God uses to speak to people. Obviously, the first one is Scripture. And let me start by saying this. There is a sickness, and we talked about this about six or seven weeks ago. I took a whole sermon and talked about the authenticity of Scripture. But if you're here today and you're that person who is tottering back and forth about whether or not the Word of God is authentic for you, you're on a slippery slope. Because is it okay to honor the Word of God as, 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 as great history? Of course it is, because it is great history. Some of the best stories ever told are in, in Scripture, historical context. But if you don't believe that it was inspired by God, what that lets you do, and the reason that is dangerous, is it lets you agree with the stuff that you naturally like, and it causes you to, to do away with the stuff that you don't like. And so you don't give it authoritative power over you. You just read it as, as if it were a New York Times bestseller. You highlight the parts you like, and you do away with the parts you don't. So as a follower of Jesus, you have to get it in your guts that, that Scripture is an authority in our lives. Okay, So 2 Timothy 3.16, let me give you this. All Scripture is God-breathed. The word there is theonoustos, meaning from the lips of God and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So let me give you this thought. If it's theonoustos, if the Word of God is from the lips of God, then that that means this. When we read Scripture, we are inhaling what God has exhaled. We are breathing in what He has breathed out. And when you look at it through that lens, it's powerful. That we are drawing into our being something that the Father has spoken out. That the same authority that said, let there be light and there was, is now speaking into our lives right now where we live this morning. Okay? So, Scripture, very important. God speaks to us. Okay, now let me give you some that you may not be accustomed to hearing. The second thing is desires. God is going to speak to you through your desires. What do you want from life? What do you want? And I'm not talking about places to live and things to drive. Okay, 
I'm talking about what do you really want. I'm talking about monetary things. For me, uh, um, the things that I, I, I want the most are experiences. I want things with, with my family, with my friendships, with our church. I want us to experience certain things in God. The second thing as a communicator, pastor, someone who's involved daily in what I want for the kingdom is I want influence, meaning I want to be a part of what God is doing in the lives of people. And that is a desire of mine. And through that desire, God leads me to this place on Sunday. Those desires flesh out and become God's will for my life. So know yourself. Assess yourself. What is it that you desire? Because God is using that desire to speak to your life. Okay. Third, doors. Meaning this, what is opening for you and what is closing for you. Now, I had a terrible time in my uh, 20s, and what I called it was, was uh, the, the, the crowbar method. And so what I would do in my 20s, I would see something I wanted, I would pray about it, and if God didn't open it, I'd take a crowbar to it. I wanted it open, I wanted to make it happen, I wanted that experience, I wanted whatever it was, and if God wasn't going to bless it, I was just going to crowbar it open and ask for forgiveness. And you know the outcome of that. It's a miserable place to be, life doesn't sync up, things get tense, you get nauseous spiritually because you know you're outside of God's will. So when a door is shut, thank God for it and look around for the openness. What is naturally opening? What is naturally closing? And let the peace of God rule your heart in that. Because sometimes when God says no, he means not right now. He means we we may be able to circle back to that, but for right now it's not going to happen. So give God thanks for that. He speaks to us through doors. Fourth, he gives us dreams. And I'm not talking about now I lay me down to sleep. I'm talking about things that that you find yourself thinking about. Man, you sink your mental time into it. The dreams that you have for yourself. That you imagine yourself doing certain things. Okay, So what do you find yourself most often thinking about? Because God can speak to you through your thoughts. Your own thoughts can be anointed by God and his voice can be heard in them. Okay, amazing. The fifth thing, people. What are people who love you saying to you? What are your friends saying to you? What is your wife saying to you? What is your husband saying to you? The Bible gives us this great story about Abraham and Sarah and they're in this argument. And so finally, Abraham's going back and forth with Sarah, and he's, he's about to pull the I'm the man of this house card, and she's about to slap him across the face. And God shows up, and he says, he says listen, listen to the voice of your wife. That's what he says. The King James Version says, hearken. Hearken to the voice of your wife. When Robbie's really mad at me, that's what she says to me. You better hearken, okay? I'm kidding. Hearken to the voice of your wife, Okay? So God was saying this, I am speaking to you through your spouse, and you are so dumb, you can't even detect it. 
People in our lives are going to say some really good things to us. The people who love us, the people we're living life with. This is why the Bible instructs us to get godly counsel. Because he's using their voice to physically speak to us. Okay, You guys are still stuck on hearken. I can see it. You're, you're thinking about going home and thinking, what has she told me to do lately? Okay, People. The sixth thing, and I'm, I'm hurrying, is prompting. The prompting. Here's what prompting is. Prompting is a gut check. It's something that doesn't feel right. And and here's where wise people understand this. Because a prompting can come even when in the physical realm it looks and feels and tastes fantastic. Meaning this, you can go to an interview for your dream job. Walk in, nail the interview, get an offer, but there's a prompting. There's a check in you. And what what we tend to do is write it off. Or you meet that perfect person, you're like, they're everything on my list. They're perfect for me. All i got to do now is fall in love. But you get a prompting. You get a check. Man, that that check, hear, hear me today, that check is the most valuable thing. You can't pay enough money to replace that check in your spirit. Learn to hear it. Learn to listen. God is talking to you through that, that prompting. If you don't have peace in it, you better get away from it. Because that's the prompting. That's the voice of the Holy Spirit giving you a gut check and say, hey, I see where this is a year from now, and you don't want to be a part of it. And it's invaluable to us. The seventh thing, and I'm going to close after this, is pain. When we are hurting, we are hypersensitive to the Holy Spirit. My sister right now, it's no, no secret, is battling terrible cancer. And she is hypersensitive spiritually. Why? Because there's something about pain, death, the inevitability of death, that you put one leg in eternity and you still have one leg here with your family and friends. And you are hypersensitive to a spiritual realm. And when you are going through your worst time is the best time for you to journal your thoughts. Because you are going to be so hypersensitive to what's going on. I tell people all all the time, they say, man, I just got divorced. I'm at this low point. I don't know who I am. I don't know where I'm going next. I said, you better buy a notebook and start writing. Because you're going to look back on this season and you're going to draw strength from it. Because God's going to use this pain to talk to you. C.S. Lewis even said, God shouts to us in our pain, but he just whispers to us in our pleasures. The voice of God is very, very, we can be very hypersensitive to it. There's a popular story right now circulating. You may have read this. I'm going to read it to you quickly. It's a little story from 1928. It was a little student. Her name was Mary Ann. This little Mary Ann was born with several physical disabilities, several physical problems, including she was deaf in one ear and and really struggled with the other one too, but totally deaf in one ear. In those times, the, the teachers pretty much administered the hearing test. And what they would do, they would lean in on one ear and they would just whisper something and you had to repeat it. And they, they would go to the other one and say something totally different and get you to re- repeat that as well. 
And this girl, Mary Ann, she hated this hearing test. All it did was highlight the problem. It always seemed to affect her self-esteem, but this year the, it was just different. And the teacher leaned in, and she started with her good ear. She leaned in, the teacher put her lips up next to her ear, and she said, I wish you were my daughter. And she said those words changed the entire course of her life. She said, for the first time in my life, she said, as far as I can ever remember, God spoke to me through my, 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 my teacher. And I felt love and affirmation and my self-esteem got full that somebody wanted me in all of my, my brokenness. And do you know, man, when we get in the stillness of God, there, there is a whisper that comes to us. I had a pastor. I went to him one time. I was having a really tough time. And I went to him and I said, man, I just need some counsel. I'm, I don't know what to do. Like I'm stuck. Um, where I'm, what I needed to, to navigate was beyond any type of intellect and experience. I, I really just needed to hear from the Lord. And he told me, he said, what, what do you feel when you get into the presence of God about this situation? I said, man, I get confident. I feel a lot of peace. I feel good about the future outcome, even though I can't see it. And he said, that's the voice of God. I said, but then I come back to reality. You know, I leave prayer and I come back to it. And it's still just as messy and sticky as it ever was. He said, it doesn't matter. What you felt from, from the Lord is the greater reality. And man, that sunk in with me. That what he tells us in private, what he whispers to us, like that teacher did to Marianne, that becomes the greater reality. Does it take away the, 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 the disability? No. But it fills you with something that you can't buy with money. It's the voice of God. And to us as believers, it's the most incredible experience we ever had. I've been in church my whole life. But I can probably name off 50 services that are more relevant, me, relevant to me than any other. Why? Because they're services where the voice of the Lord spoke to my life and completely changed it. Why don't you bow your heads with me real quick? I want to pray over you.